0: This episode is brought to you by Feel Free from BotanicTonics.com. Feel Free is a small two ounce shot made from kava and other ancient plants. And the feeling that it provides is incredible. It is euphoric. It gives you this sense of focus. It reduces anxiety. And it just puts you in a relaxed state in your body. Think of it as a plant-based magical elixir that can uplift your mood, increase your productivity, and give you the energy to do the things you want to do today. There are so many applications for when you can use Feel Free. A few examples are using Feel Free to get into a flow state before yoga, meditation, or exercise. People are using this as a kind of energy drink to go running for miles at a time. And it's also great for socializing. It just makes it easier to connect to people around you. There isn't this kind of background hum of anxiety anymore. It just really melts away. And that also makes it a great replacement for alcohol. So if you're ready to feel free, go to botanictonics.com And use promo code XIAN40 for 40% off. Again, that's botanictonics.com. Promo code XIAN40, X-I-A-N 40, at botanictonics.com. This episode is also brought to you by Sheath, the underwear of legends. What makes Sheath different is the pouch on the inside Now this is a game changing invention that completely revolutionizes the male undergarment. These are the most comfortable underwear I have ever worn by far. They've got amazing designs and styles, super comfortable fabrics. My favorite is the bamboo and also the V, which is a long leg athletic underwear that doesn't ride up and it supports you where it matters most. So go check out Sheath at sheathunderwear.com and use promo code TIMEWHEEL to save 20%. Once again, that's sheathunderwear.com, promo code TIMEWHEEL. are rolling, and I'm here with Brian Chambers and Travis Threlkel. Correct. Now you guys are really in this awesome position right now creating a partnership of each of your um, respective platforms Um, and I'd love to get into that but I do want to introduce the audience as to who is who What do they do and how did they start doing it? So I'd like to start with Brian because he's who I heard of first um, through my good friend, Daniel Merrill, also known as A Path Untold. Um, Brian is the founder of The Chambers Project. And The Chambers Project is a kind of an art gallery um, and maybe a bit of an art collective. And as well, Daniel, A Path Untold, who's released music with Time Wheel, um, is heading up the kind of music label end of things. Um, so it's it's very much like what we do with Time Wheel, uh, the Chambers Project, in that it's celebrating forward thinking and visionary art, music, thinking, culture, these types of things. So I think that there's going to be a large resonance um, with the listenership here and what you're up to. So Brian, um, just curious, man, how did you get into visionary art and visionary music? And how did this whole story start for you? And then how did you go ahead and found the Chambers Project?
1: Uh, I suppose my journey in the arts started in uh, 95 when I was a sophomore in high school and got introduced to the psychedelic side of life I grew up in Tennessee, and my science teacher had an Alex Gray poster hanging on the wall. And one day while I was tripping, she told us that this art was inspired by LSD. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a aha moment for me where I realized that it wasn't just me and that psychedelic art was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just before this happened, I'd read the book *Fear and Loathing* in Las Vegas, and that I, my, I began my research in psychedelic art right then and there. And that's kind of where my taste came from. I that's what brought me to Rick Griffin and the whole '60s poster movement out of San Francisco, and it's just been diving down that rabbit hole ever since.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Are you an artist yourself or are you just someone who, like, v- appreciates art a lot?
1: I, I you know, I've never been uh, able to draw or paint. And mm-hmm. I suppose that's probably uh, one of the driving factors that makes me so interested in art because it's been so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always been uh, just an appreciator, a collector. You know, when I was growing up, I was collecting baseball cards and comic books And then after, uh, you know, after I had my first trip, I got very interested in Albert Hoffman and everything that he'd done for the world. So I bought my first piece of art in 95, and that was the 50-year anniversary of Bicycle Day, signed by Albert, which I still have today. And that's kind of where I realized that I was a collector and...
0: Wonderful. Yeah,
1: you know, I I grew up kind of collecting uh, concert posters, all sorts of LSD ephemera, and then it kind of built into collecting originals, which I really started doing in 2008, and ever since then, I've just my art is my curation, I suppose, and bringing artists together. Um,
0: but yeah. Very cool, very cool. So, was your first psychedelic experience with LSD, or did you try, like, cannabis or, you know, magic mushrooms beforehand? Or is LSD the thing that broke you through? You know, what what is LSD's relationship to your story here?
1: Yeah, you know, I'd I'd been smoking for a couple years before I had my first hit of acid. Um, But, yes, LSD has been a, a major influence on my life and my taste in art for sure
0: got it got it yeah i'm a big fan of alex gray as well um i had no idea what he was touching on when i became a fan i was just like whatever this is it's 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 drawing me in and it is the most beautiful thing i have ever seen laid eyes on i'd never smoked cannabis i'd never had a psychedelic experience really other than dreams and childhood kind of mystical experiences and stuff but Um, Yeah, a lot of people's story begins with Alex Gray, so that's really cool. Um, So, you are the founder of the Chambers Project, which hosts a ton of visionary art. Now, in my mind, the first thing I think of um, when it comes to hosting like large-scale paintings um, and bodies of work is um, this is a, a, a project of immense value and that... Uh, not just anyone can kind of create a place like this. Um, are these pieces that you've collected or are you kind of opening your space for artists to come in and, and, and host their own pieces?
1: Yeah, I'm, I suppose I'm not really a traditional gallery. It's kind of like a gallery museum hybrid, but for the most part it is new work created with the intention of it being sold and finding new homes with other collectors. You know, I do from time to time show some of the stuff that I've commissioned and been fortunate to collect over my lifetime. But for the most part, um, yeah, it's, it's work created by the artist that is for the people.
0: Got it. Wonderful. So, I'm on your website here and I'm seeing uh, featured artists, people like Colin Prawl, Freya Dean, Sebastian Wall, um, Mars One, who I've been a big fan of for probably a decade now, which is really cool, um, and Roger Dean, which of course uh, is another big name. So, these are all like very talented and this is just touching the surface, I'm sure, of your collaborations and people you've worked with. But um, as far as people like Mars one. Um, this is very interesting visionary art. I'm curious. Do you know much about what inspires him? Um, I'm just on a personal note, curious because I've always found it to hold a large resonance with some of my own experiences. Do you know where he's painting from? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, but he's inspired by, uh,
1: space, psychedelics, um, there's a lot of inspiration, but he is where my uh, my collection started. I met Mars in 2008, and that was the first original painting that I bought. And he's one that introduced me to a lot of the other artists that I work with. But he's uh, definitely a once in a lifetime sort of talent, and never never fails to deliver the next level. Just. <laughs> incredible right. stuff it, it,
0: it's, it's absolutely yeah it's bending space and time and several realms at once and the more you kind of look around the more I get the sense that it's a story it's almost like a landscape of uh, experiences that you can weave through and see like the entirety of one visionary experience but one visionary experience doesn't just land you in one realm like it's usually a traversing through several different geometry structures, several different places you're landing, um, several different memories or ideas coming to the forefront. And that is what I love about Mars One, is it feels like you can visit different spaces all within one um, kind of joined experience. Does that resonate with you?
1: Yeah, 100%. The,
0: The first time I saw Mars One
1: piece, that's what really pulled me in and just blew me away. I was just like, holy shit, this guy can paint the things that I've seen when I've been as
0: far out as I can get. Exactly. Uh, And and that's really what did it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Now, what is the relationship to music and the Chambers project? And, um, I know you guys have been hosting a number of gatherings where you're you're having different musicians come in and play sets while people kind of check the artwork out. Um, yeah, h- how did this whole music arm begin and and what's going on there?
1: Well, I uh, have definitely been a music fanatic my entire life and a few years ago when Dan and I met we uh, we really decided together that we wanted to try to merge the audio and visual arts in a way that we hadn't seen done quite yet. <laughs> and we, we this has been an ongoing discussion for the last few years. And then once we met Travis, that was the missing piece of the puzzle. And that's kind of where we figured out how we were going to be able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, kind of what we're doing is trying to merge the audio, visual, and immersive arts in a way that we've not seen done
0: before. Got it. Very cool. That's awesome. And so when you're you're referencing Dan, um, that for the listeners is a path untold, which is an electronic music producer who has released a number of kind of mixes and uh, one release on Time Wheel. Um, he's been a part of some of our past festivals and he just really taps into a really deep dimension of music that a lot of people in the psychedelic space, uh, will enjoy. So definitely check out a path untold, but now bringing into the idea, um, of your partnership with Travis, um, Travis, what is your story and how did you get intrigued into the visionary space and, and art and that type of thing?
2: Yeah. Um, um, well, I started a long time ago. Um, um, I guess the, uh, my br- a brief version of my history uh, for you and your listeners. Uh, uh, when I was a teenager in San Francisco, I was you know into psychedelic rock music, and I had a psychedel- I started a, a psychedelic rock band called the Brian Jonestown Massacre. <laughs> um, also, and then we also had another garage band called Electric Kool Aid. We thought we were really cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the time, you know, in the 90s, um, you know, we would just borrow, we would borrow projectors from all of our artist friends, you know, like rando. Everybody had like a slide projector or a light thing or like a film project, you know, it was just all analog stuff. So I, would, I got really used to going and sweeping up all the little gear I could do so I could just project on everything in, in these little venues that we'd play.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so, and I, you know, in my mind, it was making it a nice psychedelic kind of, you know, velvet underground y slash, you know, um, sixties vibe, you know, like really tripping it out. Um, you know, and I had come, you know, started taking LSD when I was 12 years old, you know, and I, I, you know, I learned, um, that, you know, I was suspicious that there were other layers and planes of existence happening that you just couldn't see. And once the veil got pulled down, you know, that was um, illuminating moment for me um, right. in my life. So then, you know, living in that, um, you know, and that kind of, you know, the spirit of, you know, mind expanding art, you know, consciousness, my own consciousness, you know, my my own path of of learning and discovering, you know, um, and growing my, my consciousness became, you know, my obviously my life, but, um, anyway, the, um, when I was doing all those projection stuff with, you know, it basically, it was like a hobby that became a complete passion.
0: Mm -hmm. And then
2: I started buying projectors and all of a sudden I had like, you know, a hundred projectors. And the way that I would entertain myself was I just turn them all on and see if I could keep them all running Mm -hmm. and just hit on everything. And I I would just do this by myself. You know, it was like my fucking hobby. Um, um, and then what happened was I started realizing that there were new techniques and potential technology in, I was creating immersive environments for myself with a bunch of rectangles. And then I was like, why is everything a rectangle? Mm. You know, I noticed that I was like, why do we, why is all of our art content, information, video time, book, magazine, you know, you name it, it's a square. Right. And I was like, uh, you know, it's not a square. You know, we live in, uh, we live in worlds. You know, right. we think in worlds, we dream in worlds. And I was like, we're somehow we're like, we have this formatted box. And I discovered Buckminster Fuller and mm-hmm. I saw the geodesic dome. And I was like, you know, we should be, this should be spherical. You know, we should make immersive spherical art. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so with that in mind, I started a company to try to pioneer that called Obscura. Uh, it was Obscura Digital in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And that was in the year 2000. And we organically grew, you know, I got all my artist friends that were really really talented but pretty much unemployable like myself. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just not we were like, you know, a very Motley crew of unemployable weirdos. And it was <laughs> like I was like, you know, if we gang up and call ourselves technology, people will actually pay us. Right. And we can survive, and we can afford drugs and musical <laughs> equipment. You know, we're like, this could be good, and we can make art. Right. So then um, that worked out, and, you know, and we bootstrapped that, and we're, we're up to, like, 100 people. And right. um, I, um, but I sold the company in, in a huge history of, of you know, um, totally pioneering, you know, immersive experiential uh, scale projects all around the world. I did for 20 years, mm-hmm. um, just really went for it, you know? Um, and then the final thing we did is um, Madison Square Garden bought Obscura. And I, the last thing I did was designed a $1.8 billion spherical venue. that's nearly yeah. completed, it's built now in Las Vegas, it seats 20,000 people and it's a full uh, <laughs> LED, internal, immersive, multi-sensorial venue. Um, Amazing. And, and then, so that that was kind of like my, the, my you know, swan song on that project. And then, right. uh, you know, San Francisco became um, dark, you know, for me, a lot of things were, the culture had changed so much and, you know, a lot of things were leaving and, and, and COVID and all that. And I had so many friends here in Nevada City in Grass Valley. I was like, we, and we love it here. We, me and my partner, we moved here. And it was the best thing ever. We're super happy. And lo and behold, you know, I meet Brian Chambers, you know, and I'd seen his work because it, it sticks out. You know, the gallery, I was like, that's it. My, my gut, I felt, I was like, I need to, there's something there. You know, I, mean, mm-hmm. I could feel it. My spidey senses were tingling. I was like, something's going on over here. And then, you know, actually, and then I didn't know what was going to happen, but when we met, it was amazing because Brian already knew my work. And so he was already like, hey, I wanted to work with you before. I just didn't know how to fucking get in touch with you. And I was like, well, I live here now, right down the street. We're both Grass Valley boys, you know? And Mm -hmm. so Brian has really um, opened up, you know, his family and, and his space and invited me in. And we started putting this thing together. So that's where we put the chambers obscura, is our new um, the merger or collaboration or the the new super band that we're, yep. we're doing, and and now what really what we're doing is the you know the spirit with that is now taking psychedelic fine art and expanding it. Yeah. So now we're doing full immersions and what. You know, I'm just running with this right now, Matt. That was going great.
0: Yeah, please continue.
2: So what, again, with, you know, that theory that I was annoyed by everything being rectangular and thinking we should do more, you know, again, it's just less, I think it's just built into me now. But then, so the first things, the first projects that we're doing together, you know, uh, Roger Dean and Brian have a great relationship, you know, and so there's a lot of trust there. And he's, Roger Dean is somebody who actually changed my life. I was telling these guys earlier, like his artwork as a kid for me was really, really a big deal. And so I'm working with my hero and we're working to take his paintings that were, you know, some of these pieces are 50 years old. Some of them are newer, but they're all like visionary pieces, but they were rectangular. So now we're working with artists and in the digital space now with Roger, we're creating like these Insane, like 30,000 pixel resolution, 360 degree, full immersive tanks. So wow. This is the chamber now. So you go into the, the painting and you're in the world. Yeah. So the whole place now. And we're, you know, we're, we're so that's uh, a dream of, I think, all of ours, is like diving in and diving into the painting and living living in it at yeah. scale, you know? So absolutely. Um, and you know, what does that do, you know, for, so really, so, you know, I think what we're going for, Matt, with the, the Chambers Obscura, um, movement, you know, what we're doing is, you know, it's psychedelic art as it is the drug, Mm -hmm. you know, with the full immersion, you know, we want this to be, we want you to feel it, um, Very much, but we want the art to talk to you, and we want we want there to be some transformation. And this isn't us just making this up. This is also Mm -hmm. the impetus of the artist. You know, when we're getting downloads from Roger Dean, who, by the way, happens to be one of the sweetest men on the planet and Mm -hmm. um, an absolute genius um, guy. But he wants to he wants to elevate. You know this. You know that utopian seventies. Um, movement that he came he came from, you know he pioneered, yeah, um, the goodness of a sustainable world that we take care of. What is like? What is the he wants to bring back the utopian dream and like break people out of the darkness that we know we're headed towards as a society, and inspire that you know that we can be beautiful, the world can be beautiful, we can take care of it, and we can live in the utopian dream we want to bring it back right and you know i mean this guy invented the beanbag. you know what oh, I mean? really? he's just like, he, yeah it's like it just goes on and on i bring that up because it just he just he's he's an inventor and an architect and a genius and the beauty of the work that we're doing right now one of the things that roger dean said to us he's like you know it's really our job to make everything beautiful and more beautiful yes
0: and I, think I agree with that. I mean, I've the, the message that I get a lot from my psychedelic downloads is definitely that we are here to further creation. As creation, we're here to further creation. And creative in the beauty or, like, beauty in the creation is, like, the highest form of creation. And that's why beauty hits everyone the same. Like, most people agree on beauty. They're like, yeah, that's... I know everyone has their own preferences and tastes and "Eh, it's not my cup of tea, but like, yeah, it is pretty. It is beautiful. So, um, and definitely Roger Dean's work is beautiful. I'm looking at it right now and it does have this feeling of unity and nature Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just raw beauty. There's almost nothing you can take away from it other than like, wow, I want to go there, you know? So the fact that you're going to be able to project this on a, on large scale and allow people into that environment, you know, like um, I can only imagine is going to be incredible. So that's that's a really awesome mission.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean yeah, his work is really uh it's visual nectar. You know, those are all, and they and they're all these worlds that, you know, they're fantasy worlds that he's created his own, you know, uh physics behind, like the flying islands.
0: Yes, I'm you know, saying that. Um,
2: you know, um there's one of the ideas he has is sort of a uh, panspermia um pan pan uh is that the right? I'm say it, yeah. pansperma um where these these fungus planets mm-hmm. you know planned they break apart and they fly through space and land on new worlds to bring new life and that's like the, the cover of fragile and so anyway that whole idea so we have these floating islands and in in this space, there's a crash-landed giant fungus island in the middle of the room, and floating rocks. And our audience will be walking. The whole floor is a cloud floor, so you're, you're. Fl- we're all flying on clouds. We're, fl- <laughs> we're flying on on fungus, flying rocks with with a
0: fungus cloud around us in Roger Dean's worlds. Wow, it's That's really amazing. cool. It's really That's cool. That's super cool. Is this <laughs> yeah. a physical? You know. Uh, installation, is it going to be on a certain property or is it something you plan to take place to place or how have you thought about it? We want to bring it all around the world. So it's going to tour. Mm -hmm. It's going to tour. Yes. Very cool. Are you thinking festival tour or like it's its own installation at a museum or something like that? Uh, it'll be a
2: standalone experiential piece in city to city, but we want, you know, not to be not for festivals, but we want to leave it up and running for, you know, several months. You know, and let it let it like just live and take it do its thing. You know, in each city as we kind of as we travel it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, one thing coming to mind is I had been in what's called a planetarium. Um, I'm sure you're very aware of what that is, and it's more or less a globe. It's a globe shape. You're looking upwards at and you know like I, you've been able to see the night stars and museums and stuff like that um so more or less for people that don't fully understand what we're explaining is you know imagine it's kind of like a a visionary art planetarium but it might even be deeper than that with like the projections is there going to be any movement or is it just like the art piece on its own
2: oh that well, that's the other thing yes there's a we're bringing to life and animating worlds, and we're wow. animating all the creatures and characters and dragons and wow. elephants um all of his his uh planes and like all these inventions he yeah, had that have, they've only been seen as static or still imagery they're paintings
0: yes.
2: um not ours so these are living worlds that you you go into in this installation and you know um you know we with the planetarium as an example you know We're purposefully, we're not a planetarium. Um, This is, it's really an art chamber. Like you said, in planetarium, it's about looking up, right? Mm -hmm. On the dome. This is, that's not where we're we're looking at. We're looking at the environment around you and really convincingly, precisely making, you know, one of our objectives is to make you feel that you are there on that planet, in that world, and that your suspension of disbelief is that you believe it. Yes. You know that's um you are, awesome. you are in a foreign alien utopian world, yes, there are dragons, <laughs> yes, <laughs> are <Yeah>. elephants fly
0: <laughs> that's but, wonderful. I can only imagine having a little bit of uh, you know LSD or something <laughs> when you go into there. that'll definitely so, make it even more fun and immersive.
2: I guess um, you know Dan's reminded me to, to mention that part of the chambers obscura um Our team-up work here is, and Brian has so graciously opened up, the expanded part of the gallery is a big, is a huge warehouse space that now becomes the digital side of the Chambers gallery, the Chambers project. So that's a whole other initiative here. So we will be hosting, you know, parts of these these shows. The Roger Dean show is the first of many. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're really home-based here in, in Grass Valley at the Chambers gallery. Yeah. Um, so there will be sonic and immersive and fine art activity here. Um, quite active. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing that, when you asked Brian if he was an artist, and I didn't want to talk for him, but I did want to mention, I've been observing him, and his art is he puts artists together. Yeah. And we, and and he he nurtures these combos. He has a vision around these visions. And he puts these people and together and that is, he is an artist and that mm-hmm. is his art. Absolutely.
0: That's, I, not, I relate to that because I myself am a terrible at drawing, painting. I'm not that type of person, but I do feel like this curative art, you know, curation as art and also um, what they kind of call being the glue. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like Brian is the glue that is binding all of this together and he's putting that energy out and um yeah bringing the community and the respective vision of each artist into like one merged idea of let's create a more beautiful world you know through all of this yeah uh you know that's that's definitely kind of uh what
1: i love to do and i've kind of noticed over the course of my life that if you get a bunch of uh magicians in the same room that magic just happens Mm -hmm. and so that that's kind of how i've carved a bit of a path in the art world is by putting different creatives together Mm -hmm. see what can happen and as they inspire each other and create together and uh that's it's always fun
0: (laughs) absolutely that's that's a dream right there. That's really cool. Um, as far as these other artists, so the Chambers Project is home to several different um, artists. Is it mostly painters, or is there one kind of? Um, it, does does it blend into the the uh, digital art realm at all, or is it mostly like actual like paint on a canvas?
1: Uh, I mean. In the past, it's been primarily paintings and sculptures, but now that Travis and I are getting together and doing this, what we kind of aim to do, what we're doing is we want to pair the analog and the digital and immersive arts in a way that uh, we not seen quite yet. And that's mm-hmm. that's what's really interesting to me and that's what I'm most excited about. And I, I think... Uh, we're going to have the highest level of physical and digital arts under one roof. And that's, uh, that's where we're going. And that's
0: very exciting. Amazing. Amazing. When it comes to the events at the gallery, um, how long do the events, uh, or, or the, um, what do you call it? Like how long each kind of gallery or artists set up last is it like a weekend or is it a full month or or how often do you kind of cycle through um different art shows
1: yeah i uh i typically don't want to take anything down under two months my uh my intention is to put as much production into every every show that i do and i'm kind of the quality over quantity approach you know so this year it's kind of been every two months next year after we get the digital side of the space locked down I, I think i'll try to do four shows a year so every every two and a half or three months
0: awesome awesome does that coincide with the music end and how the shows go uh you know to
1: Typically we just have live music at the openings and closing parties. Okay. But as we expand and get the other side of this building and this dome built, I think we'll probably have a little more live music on a,
0: mm-hmm. on a schedule. Awesome. Awesome. Um, is Daniel, is Daniel around? Yep. I'm right here. Cool. Um, so I would just love to hear from you for a few minutes because I feel like you're, you know, the, the other end of this, um, bringing the music forward. And I just wanted to know um, what has inspired you to bring uh, this music label to life? And how do you see it moving forward? <clears throat> well, um, when I met Brian,
3: I was thrilled and beyond surprised to encounter his vision and everything he's built here and um, just the level of quality of the collective and the sense of community and shared vision that all of the artists here, um, you know, there's a dialogue. And I had long been looking for, you know, just for myself as an artist. um, I've felt like sort of a lone wolf for a long time. And
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, you know, I was just, for a long time, have been craving and desiring a, a community, um, one that I could be a part of and contribute to and have reciprocity and s- synergy and have a voice within. So when I met Brian, um, I was just blown away. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I hadn't been really privy to or aware of uh, you know, I'd known about some of the artists, but I just I didn't realize the scope of what he had built. And so when we met, we, we just very naturally connected. And it turns out we have a lot of the same tastes, a lot of the same music tastes, um, you know, had very early formative experiences in the rave scene and throughout the festival culture. And, um, you know, we just hit it off creatively, like very deeply, very easily which was super refreshing to me. And uh, he invited me to come and release my latest album uh, called Sorcery, which I just put out a couple months ago Mm -hmm. as the first musical offering on the platform, uh, thereby creating the infrastructure for it to be a record label so that we can bring on artists um, that we feel... You know are are inspired by and have a dialogue within the psychedelic realm but also very much redefine what psychedelic can be and what it how it can be expressed what it can sound like what it can look like Uh, which is something that i've just been interested in and had a natural affinity for since the beginning with my own psychedelic experiences in the late 90s um, which continued over the last couple of decades and throughout my whole spectrum of experiences you know i would have these visions of um basically what's happening now of, of these full even spherical <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, immersive worlds that i envisioned that i wanted to bring sonic storytelling to uh, and it had these very uncanny you know full-on visions of this stuff and i was like i don't know how th- how that's gonna happen, that seems wild. Like what does the future hold, who knows? And through all the twists and turns throughout my own path as an artist, um, to come into this at this time was just, felt like destiny. Like it felt like something that had been, um, that I had had foresight about, or so almost like, um, you know, it was almost like sort of prophecy in my own in my own world, and so yeah, just coming into all of this has just been beyond mega inspiring and supportive um, for me to continue to explore my own work, but in collaboration and, and reciprocal, you know, collaboration with with this whole crew of people, which I find to be, you know, really some of the most the bad, most badass creators I've ever encountered on the planet. So um, yeah, I that's pretty much. My motivation here is to create a platform musically that <clears throat> uh, that meets and and adequately represents the audio and and sonic aspect of this triangulated uh, structure between analog and digital art, and you know I I just want to bring other artists on that are unique and one of a kind. You can't find anywhere else in the world. And they have a very authentic, honest, visionary voice in terms of their music and bring that into this realm where it's, you know, beautifully paired with these other creative offerings. Uh, So yeah, that's that's the mission here. And um, my album, of course, has been the first the first uh, step in that direction, Um, but now as we move forward, I am excited to curate and bring on some other artists that I think are really exciting and deserve a voice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, amazing work and uh, definitely want to give kudos to the album Sorcery. Um, We did feature it on Time Wheel as well, and it is just magical, just super deep. it's got a different kind of a feeling to me than a lot of other psychedelic music, but you can tell that the the depth of dimension is present, um, but I just love the kind of warm cadence well I mean warm textures and like the the kind of cadence that your music follows. It's very organic and just it's almost like how did a human make this because it feels like another dimension made it so kudos <laughs> Thank you, thank you. I try to occupy
3: experientially a sense of another dimension while I write. So I'm glad it
0: comes out that way. <laughs> it does. It very much does. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, so when it comes to, I want to tie this back into, uh, d- what are we calling it? Obscu- like what's the, the merger name again? You had said it earlier. Chambers Obscura. Chambers Obscura. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Chambers Obscura, uh, how have you, you guys thought of helping it to monetize artists career, because I understand artists and visionary artists and stuff um, sometimes have a struggle when it comes to actually like doing what they love as their job and their work and stuff. I have a feeling that somewhere along the way you guys have learned how to sustain and help artists sustain themselves while creating these pieces that can take hundreds of hours, you know, albums as well, hundreds of hours um, before you ever really see a return. Um, and I was just curious, like, what are your thoughts on how artists can support themselves? And, and is that a goal that you guys have as well, is, is not only providing the space and the, the platform, but, but, you know, helping these artists learn how to, you know, take the next step in their career?
2: Yeah, I mean, what, it's really an expansion that we work with directly with the artists. They're partners, you know. It's their show, you know. We're, it's, you know, they're very much um, the resources come in to them, you know, and to the gallery project. So it's like it is their show, you know. Um, we're just expanding it into a, a medium that they're not previously doing or having access to. And giving you know as many you know audiences around the world the opportunity to 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 learn about their work and dive into it. But but to answer your question, you know they're the they're the main you know benefactors of the of the business part of the project. Um, of course, the business has to pay for the project too, so that we can continue to do these. But that's the yeah. way it's set up. It's very supportive of the artist, and it, it is their show. So, for example, you know. Roger Dean it is it's the Roger Dean experience mm-hmm. um, you know so it's it's his show he's very hands-on um, and you know the resources flow back to him you know um, right and so I think that the spirit of that is that with every artist that we work with you know it's their show you know they're they're making money from these, these the projects which you know is a lot of uh, you know from what I see a lot of other types of, of experiential things that are out there, mm-hmm. they seem to short the artists completely out of it. And that's mm-hmm. not what we're doing. And, and uh, we don't think any of us philosophically like that at all. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's gotta be a, a symbiotic, you know, uh, sustainable process for everybody involved,
0: you know? Um, Absolutely. For you guys as entrepreneurs, um, what was it that kind of gave you the drive to wake up in the morning and keep doing this work? Because um, I understand you're both kind of um, very established and that's a really great place to be. A lot of the listeners I have, though, are probably still on the, the starting stages of their entrepreneurial effort, their artistic career, their music career, Um I just was curious like how do you stay motivated and how do you get over uh trials and tribulations and you know setbacks and these types of things because um yeah I think it's valuable information for people to hear from someone who's very you know far along this path. Uh, for
1: me I just uh I don't really know how to do anything differently. I've just been a collector and a curator my entire life. And I've just, I guess I've been lucky and blessed to meet a lot of amazing people that have kind of put me in a position to show their work and share their work with the world. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's amazing to have such talented and creative friends And for me, I I don't really know how to do anything differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just, I've been a collector my entire life. And I suppose I just was very lucky to kind of discover Mars at a time where um, in 2008 when the economy was kind of crashing and it put me in a position to step in and to make it a career
0: you know? And right. yeah, that's, that's kind of, I don't know. That's, that's wonderful. So, so you it almost, it's just been your lifestyle from even a young age and it's just like, Hey, this is what I do. This is just how I operate, you know? That's yeah. cool. But d- do you ever have days though, where you wake up and, and you have to do something to like generate some motivation or something? Is there any spiritual practice or meditation or just things that, you call to to kind of if you ever wake up in a funk you know just kind of find your way out of that yeah, definitely. Daily.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, definitely it, wake up in a fight. You know, and there's, you know, there. I get a lot of answers and a lot of inspiration from all the art that I surround myself with. Like when, when I'm looking for the answer to a question or a problem, there are certain paintings that I will go to and spend time with to try to find that answer. You know, and uh, it's art is always my source of inspiration and where I find the answers to what I'm looking
0: for. Love it. Well, then you can't be doing anything better, man. That's you're in the exact right lane. So that's beautiful to hear. Mm -hmm. Beautiful to hear. Um, Travis, as far as you and, you know, uh, you know, building a business and it sounded like it was a very successful exit with Madison uh, Square Garden purchasing the company or whatever, whatever it was, um, for you, how, how did you keep finding that motivation to show up and, uh, get around any roadblocks?
2: Um, you know, it's similar to Brian where it's like, you know, this is just, it's my life. It's what I do. But, you know, I, I've done a lot of, a bit of activism, um, and I've gotten a taste for it, you know? So I, Mm -hmm. I still want to change the world, you know? And I think it's almost the, you know, it's a compulsion, to do something when I see the world going backwards and us destroying ourselves and not taking care of our spaceship Earth, you know, um, we've got big problems. You know, so you know exactly what Brian just said, where he can call to paintings for you know for guidance and you know questions, and it's really important to him. We, we we've been talking about this together about how you know art and psychedelic art. Is a drug
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a, as a drug, as a therapy. So I think, you know, we know we want this new work that we're doing as a mission. We want it to go out and we want it to change people's lives, even in a small way with absolute beauty and mind expansion and turn people on, you know, it's um, mm-hmm. cliche as that is, it's the fact. And we need, we need it now more than ever. And we need to do it quickly, uh, we do have specific goals um, as far as you know, turning on um, our, our 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 people. Of um, mm-hmm. you know that there's a tipping point with ten percent of the population, where basically it's uh, uncontrollably going to go that way. So if we get you know ten percent of a, of a population on our team, meaning to do the right things with taking yep. care of our world and our, each other and our um, you know, switching to like, you know, love and life and creation and taking care and giving a shit um, yeah. and getting spiritual and getting psychedelic and being cosmic and connecting to the universe and understanding that we're all fucking God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that like lowercase G, you know, um, and that we're yeah. all brothers and we're all sisters and we're all connected to absolutely everything. The sooner we can get everybody to be on that on that team of understanding that we need to do it quickly and so that is definitely a thing we we're going to get you know hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people through these through these um these chambers yeah. you know these obscure chambers are are built to blow you away with beauty and love
0: yeah love that humanitarian effort of yeah like this almost what robert um sorry roger dean is portraying as well which is this utopia it's like let's bring it into reality little by little so everyone can get a taste and see what it can be like and then binding it with community which the community is one of the most important parts of you know feeling well as humans you know like because in this digital era that we're in, it's, you know, everyone's on social media and even when you go out, you see people that are next to each other in person on their phones. So, it's like uh, there is very much this kind of um, battle, so to speak, right now between uh, uh, what the future could be, whether it be uh, beautiful or whether it be very destructive and I think that it's very important that people like you guys are on the front lines and trying to bring this beauty into the world so i can't commend the effort enough
2: and thank you i mean I, it's worth getting out of bed for even if it's a funk day absolutely um, and then you know i think i think the other thing to denote to, to the audiences here too is that you know we want to um you know we are going to also be supporting uh maps it's going to be something as a as a benefit we're going to be be tying into maps and be you know supportive of of the, our yeah. organization being aligned with them very cool. Um, and what was the last thing I was going to say? Um, I just really forgot. What yeah, maps. Maps is doing incredible oh, work. Oh, I was going to say, you know, to destigmatize psychedelics. Yes, so that's another big important thing that you know, because it is there's a lot there, and it's really loaded. So mm-hmm. when we're out there, you know, what we're doing with our other communications partners, we're working on crafting. The right kind of ways that we can use communication and art to destigmatize psilocybin and LSD and you know all the all the things you know that people are afraid of, but they've been society's been trained to fear these things. And what are we really afraid of? That our minds might be opened up? Yes, that's exactly what they're afraid of. So I think you know it's, that's a big byproduct of what we do as a you know as a you know an, as an arts program that goes global. Yeah the whole thing is going to be about, you know, making that more and more acceptable and comfortable and, you know, uh, bringing it in um, to the, to the public psyche.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I relate to that. That has been a large part of my mission as well over the last decade, which is just bringing light to the uh, sacred and uh, revered kind of way of viewing uh, these medicines, you know, because I know that there are scenes where they're kind of um, not treated with a lot of respect. Kind of just, eh, let's just pop that or pop that or whatever. But like uh, with the the level of experience that I've found from them, it's like going to church, you know. It's like me- meeting your higher self or these higher dimension version of you or the creation the raw source, the raw creation and with that level of kind of power, I feel like yeah, it needs to be respected and done in certain environments in certain ways. Of course you can microdose. I mean microdosing is still cool and I'm in approval of microdosing, but um, I do think that the destigmatization of psychedelics has been a core kind of mission as uh, of mine as well And part of the reason I even do this podcast is, showing that successful people can do psychedelics and create amazing things.
2: Well, the fact of the matter is everybody who has been, you know, big, big, the big minds and the big change people of our, of, of, of our world, you know, you know, it's because of psychedelics, Mm -hmm. you know, Steve, I'm just, I'm just, whatever, this is kind of lame, but you know, Steve jobs, he tripped Mm -hmm. hard. And it brought him great information and he's very admitted, you know, but I'm just using him as like a big, you know,
0: example, but, you know, someone who changed the world, you know? Yeah. I think he was successful. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys are successful too. I mean, a ton of visionaries are successful, a ton of the artists and musicians and culture shapers, thinkers, Terrence McKenna, you know, um, these people really go deep, Um, but can come back and share the information and add value to the world. And I guess that's really what I'm trying to say is like, while you have the experiences, don't just have them, but bring stuff back from them and beautify the world with them. Beautify your own life, uh, your own mental wellness, your own mental state, uh, your community. It all really starts with you and the individual, um, and I, I love this quote. I think it was like Jiddu Krishnamurti that said it, but he was like, the only hope for mankind is the transformation of the individual. And it's because it all starts there and then bridging the, you know, experience with other people that have been there as well and um, slowly but surely that community comes together And then you can do things like create art shows or music shows or podcasts, you know, or whatever it is in your specific kind of like field of interest to, to keep building that awareness, that community, that transmutation process of what you've experienced and how you can put it to use in the world. And you guys are definitely doing that. So, I really appreciate what you guys are up to and I really look forward to coming to one of these events. I haven't been yet. But, uh, I've been talking to, uh, Daniel about it and I'm very interested in actually coming and meeting you guys in person and and checking out what you're up to. Please be our guests and come, come, come check it out. Wonderful. I will do. Well, is there any last things you guys want to mention before we kind of start closing the conversation down?
3: Um, well, I'd, I'd like to just also interject that, uh, you know, maybe going back into the realm of psychedelics and the Mm -hmm. effect that it's had on me. Um, Aside from LSD and mushrooms and, you know, that realm of things, uh, for the last five or six years, personally, ayahuasca and DMT and indigenous medicine work has just had a completely profound and transformative effect on me as an artist. with my album, uh, which is called sorcery. Uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. it just ties into, into a lot of those concepts that you guys were just riffing on in terms of connecting to a sense of unity and infinity and boundlessness and reminding people of that. And, you know, I, my, my sense of initiative is to create the soundtrack to <laughs> to that or how I feel that to be. Right. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of bring some awareness also to that side of things of like, <clears throat> learning from indigenous medicine work and, and bringing that sense of influence into a modern context and even into electronic music uh, composition and creation and how that can inform culture. um, Which to me, I find to be a sort of a, you know, for lack of a better term, a sense of stewardship or, or translating shamanism in a modern way into, into our, contemporary society uh mm-hmm. so yeah just wanted to kind of add that and absolutely we'll, we'll have to get um, deeper into that at some point maybe in our next podcast but
0: for sure well well while we're on the topic real quick um do you know about how many times you've done ayahuasca uh about 22 22 <laughs> times nice <laughs> i keep seeing 22 that's it's funny um and as far as the experience and how it unfolds for you, what do you think is happening? I'm just curious because this is, um, I'm, I'm very kind of new to ayahuasca. I've done it twice. Um, but it, it's still a, a large area of interest for me. Um, whereas things like psilocybin and LSD, I've done 20 times each, yeah. if not more. Um, so very familiar with those. But, but ayahuasca has a particularly different... Um, feel to them. So, I'm just curious while, while we're kind of wrapping uh, the conversation up uh, to end on kind of a, a cool topic here, which is like, well, what is your view as to what's happening and how it makes you feel um, as you're kind of transitioning and it's starting, the medicine starting to take hold? Sure.
3: Well, <clears throat> I think the first thing to note is it is not recreational in any way ever. <laughs> totally. um, it's It's, It's a spiritual medicine that, um, you know, it can be very challenging. And I think if we're gonna compare, let's say, ayahuasca to just the DMT experience, um, DMT, you know, when it really fully hits you and you're in the right place to receive it, you know, you blast off, as as people say, to this sense of the godhead or the sense of source or, you know, the Alex gray painting of your dreams. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and that's this full on immersive experience, but it, it sense, sort of, it transports you out of your sense of earthliness or like who you are as a human being, um, or this earthly plane that we all operate in, in this, uh, third dimensional reality that we call being a human. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's amazing. But I think one of the things to note about ayahuasca is, you know, as it, as it takes hold and, and it, your journey unfolds with it. You are essentially straddling the two. Like you, you have one foot on the ground in terms of your earthly experience, and and the other foot is you know you're you're able to glimpse, take a glimpse. or like um, you're able to instantly see the correlation between this mm-hmm. beautiful Godhead, otherworld sense of. dimension that's really just within us it's not like we're geographically traveling in my opinion but right uh, you know you're you're able to see both sides of the coin sort of instantly and see the integration that can happen basically in real time um, Mm -hmm. of how you can take what you're learning from your transporting experience and implement it and in your relationships and your creativity and your the way you conduct yourself in the world the way you speak the way that everything that you manifest as a human being in this in this plane can be informed by that and mm-hmm. to me that's been you know and that and that can be difficult at first because there are blocks and fears and misunderstandings that could be deeply within your psyche from conditioning and growing up in our society and trauma. Yeah. But what it does is ultimately interfaces with those things and allows you to see beyond them and what could be had by transcending them and getting to a place of integration where you can take these this wisdom that you're able to see from these other realms and, and just Impl- truly implemented into your life, like that day, like the next day, you know So to me, that's um <clears throat> that's incredibly insightful and powerful, and I think it's something that a lot of people would you know would would stand to benefit from in the world.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, what was coming to mind for me um, as I was listening and reflecting back on my uh, experience um, with some of these medicines is that it shows you how sacred the mundane is Mm -hmm. so like the normal everyday life you wake up it's like people are kind of like they're kind of got this malaise or this haze over and it's like nothing's good enough right it's like I'm complaining about this that and the other thing even though I'm living in the most comfortable set of circumstances humanity has ever lived in with air conditioning and enough food and, you know, cars to get us around and all type of stuff to be grateful for, a body that's working, right? Um, we, we, before some of these experiences kind of fail to understand reality as sacred, divine, and just ultimately extremely rare and never to be taken for granted. Exactly. I feel like when you see, yeah, like the psychedelic opens your eyes to see what really is here. And what really is here is this absolute miracle of existence. Like, and because you can also get a weird sense of like this void that's out there that we're not in. But it's like, thank you for being there, void, so that I, I know that this right here is the sacred, is the special, is almost heaven on earth. You know, what does that make you think about?
3: Yeah, well, I think that comfort is. One of the top advertised uh, values or priorities of our of our society. It's like do this, you can be more comfortable. Do that, you can you know you can find a sense of comfort, uh, which ultimately I think becomes complacency, which then numbs you to the miracle of what's unfolding around you. So you know, I think that's why something like ayahuasca that forces you to examine the more difficult things within yourself. It helps you know chip away at that sense of complacency so that you can actually be grateful and aware, and then you can implement that. So, you know, I think that's why it's such a powerful, and it you know, it's not necessarily just, I, I mean, you, you can gain this sense of gratitude from just meditation, of course. Um, <clears throat> there's many routes to it, but it's an extremely powerful catalyst to, to, uh, you know, pull down the layers of complacency that are blinding or standing in the way of your vision of your worldview of who you are, what you're capable of.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much, man, for your time. Uh, all three of you guys, uh, Travis, Brian, Daniel, really appreciate your time today. I think we got into some awesome territory. Um, and I'm glad to share what you guys are up to with the listeners Um, So as we kind of close it down, um, just to remind people where they can learn more, what the the main hub is, um, and how they can get involved and come to some of these uh, future events.
1: Grass Valley, California. (laughs) Come on up here and come to a show.
0: Awesome.
1: San Francisco in November for the Roger Dean experience.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Um, Your main website is thechambersproject.com? It is. Cool. And then you're also on, um, looks like, Instagram at the underscore chambers underscore project. Is that right? That's me. Awesome. And
3: uh, musically, um, you know, there's now a label section to the website where Mm -hmm. news and developments in that realm will be represented. And then... For me, um, apathomtold.com is the primary landing page for everything I'm doing, and uh, all of that integrates. So, yeah, I think really just head to thechambersproject.com and you will be informed and updated of everything that's going on.
1: Absolutely. So, right? mm-hmm. Is there another source? ChambersObscura.com is in the works. Okay.
0: Yeah. So. Chambers Obscura, let's go! Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, man. Keep, thank you, thank you, Matt. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Yeah. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Thank you, guys.